0: Hey guys, producer Ken here with a very quick message before the show begins. Uh, In 2013, uh, I started working on a podcast with two of my very best friends, Paul and Ben. That show's called Jews and Reviews, and it's on the Atlantic Transmission Network. In fact, it's safe to say it's probably one of the inspirations for creating it in the first place. Well, four years ago, uh, one of the best men I know, Paul Cohen, you may know him as Paul Corey, hosted Jews and Reviews, uh, was unexpectedly admitted to the hospital. Uh, it was from there that he learned that his illness was due to a loss of function in his kidneys. Uh, right now, he's on dialysis three days a week, and the doctors have told him, "Hey, Paul, you know, try to live a normal life, which is very rough to do, you know, being on dialysis three days a week." Well, it turns out Paul is in need of a kidney transplant. So, if you or anyone you know may be interested in learning more about becoming a living donor please call the Living Donor Team at New York Weill Cornell at 212-746-3922. That's the Living Donor Team at New York Weill Cornell at 212-746-3922. Another way you can help is just spreading the message by sharing these links and giving it the hashtag Team Paul. That's T-E-A-M-P-A-U-L, standard spelling on Paul. We're certainly doing all we can to help a good man get through this, and we hope you'll join us. Thank you. Enjoy the show. Welcome to another exciting, exciting, exciting... I'll take one exciting away from that. I think that was a little bit too much. Uh, Edition of Punkarama, where we strive and seek an adventure to cover every epitaph ever. Every epitaph record ever. I'm your uh, podcast warlord, producer Kent here, on the uh, ones and twos of hosting. That makes sense, right? And with me today is, um, I guess you can say, well, Ben Franklin invented bifocals, (laughs) and my guest here invented Guy Locals, which is a message board website where dudes can just meet, hang out, and hook up.
1: It's Ben Blank, guys. Hey, Ken. Thanks for having me. Uh, It's actually a misconception that they hook up. It's more just for like you know, guys that are looking for friendship and companionship, because as an older guy, it's kind of hard to meet other cool dudes. So, Guy Locals gives you that opportunity to meet someone with similar interests, and you guys can hang out, you know, watch the game. And I'm, then, of course, hook up.
0: I don't to. think hook up necess- does, has to mean uh, you know some some kind of like sexual romantic thing, does it? I know it usually implies that, so I yeah. guess. But like you've never you've never heard like someone in like the business world say like oh let's let's hook up sometime next week and we'll do that.
1: Yeah, but the, the way you said it, the, that context sounded like they were sure. going to
0: fuck. Fair enough. Fair enough. Absolutely. So Ben, you, you the can ho- say fuck. What's up? Can I say fuck? You can say fuck. All right. I don't know. Do you have some kind of self censor going on? Oh no,
1: no, I don't. I don't know if the MPAA was after you. That's right, not. the
0: Motion Picture Association, Motion
1: Podcast Association of America, <laughs> Very good. or Armenia, because
0: uh, that's where we broadcast from. You're the host of Jews and Reviews.
1: I am, yes. <laughs> Great. Was that this was a follow-up? <laughs> yeah, you, you asked the question, I answered
0: it well, promptly. So you, you're also on this on this podcast network? And you, I am. Yeah, I, I would I would
1: I would say the flagship you show. Could say that the flagship you could say that. show three of this podcast, years man. You know? yeah three years um i think we've grown a lot sure um height and width height Height and width. (laughs) some some of us more than so than others yeah
0: looking at people who aren't here right now's way wow yeah you think he's gonna be mad at that
1: i don't know he probably doesn't listen to it yeah probably
0: not um anyway so I asked Ben, uh, I told him about this podcast and I asked him to be a guest, one of the first people I asked, one of like the first five, and I was like, uh, I was in your top five, you were in my top five, five. Chris Rock's top five, Uh, and I was like, you know, do you have a record you'd want to do,
1: and you brought forth this one, I'll let you introduce it, Uh, and this was a super interesting choice. Yeah, um, you know, obviously, you know, I I really like music and uh, punk rock and pop punk Mm -hmm. and rock all those sort of genres and you told me the um concept of the show you choose a, a record um by epitaph and at the time i didn't really realize how huge epitaph's um catalog was and i, I looked back and i saw this record of the matches decomposer and mm-hmm. i was like "Oh yeah, i really dug that record when it came out i like that band uh, I'll choose that one because, you know, I didn't want to go, you know, there's a couple of Newfound Glory records that were on Epitaph, right. a couple other, I do not want to like, oh, Ben's there to choose a Newfound Glory record because he really likes Newfound Glory.
0: Well, I mean, you and Paul probably are going to have that like on lock anyway. Uh, sure. cause there was, there's two on there. You guys are gonna have to battle it out for who has to do radio surgery. <laughs> you probably wouldn't mind it. You like that? Oh uh, yeah. I like that record. Okay. So maybe you'll do
1: that. No, I want to do a, a different record. If I, I know that there, there's on. another yeah. one. You can say which one it's okay. No, I like to. You, oh, you want? I, I want, want the right, listener right. to come back. Okay, um, I, I'm helping you out. Listener, come back. They're you so be like, what record was he what talking, is about? talking
0: about? Talking um, about. But you brought this up, so Ben, you grew up on Staten Island, Staten Island along with me. Yeah. And uh, so, where did you go to get like records when you were young?
1: Yeah, I don't think I had a specific place. I had bounced around, you know, whether it be at the mall and one of those, you know, Sam Goody or Fye or the Wall.
0: The Wall. Get the sticker there on was, there.
1: There was a fuck it up.
0: You get a new one. There was a. What really? What you didn't know that? So when you bought something from the wall, like a tape. Yeah, or yeah something, I know they
1: like the, there's their icon, that decal and like the r- bottom right. Do you know what that was for? i would be like to, to remind you you strapped at the wall.
0: No, the the sticker came off, and then you put it on the the case, and if that's how you know that you bought it from there, and if you if anything happened to it, you bring it back, and they give you a new one. That was the whole point of that. No, no wonder they went out of business. Hey, maybe so, but hey, you know how many... Times I got a replaced Coolio tape from there. How many? One. Okay.
1: <laughs> I uh, fucked up my Coolio tape
0: once, and they no. gave me a new one.
1: Uh, there was a record store uh, by the Move Theater on the West Shore Expressway. Um, yeah, CDs, that, I think. Yeah, when I bought a, a yellow card CD there, and I, uh, I bought War- and I bought Warp tour tickets there.
0: There was like the first like used record store or used CD store that I would like go to because it was cool as like a local one and yeah. it was like really out of the way. Uh, also, they were like a Ticketmaster outlet. Yeah, I
1: bought Warp tour tickets there. Oh, you did some other stuff.
0: Um, but I love that place. And I think they moved to Jersey. I hope they're still in business.
1: But uh I'm probably not with the streaming services out there. I guess so.
0: But uh so you picked the matches Decomposer. Is this the, was Decomposer the first time you had heard of the matches? Uh
1: no, I mean uh, maybe mm, it's hard to say. I I remember seeing them live. I think they opened up for like a sugar cult or something. I've seen so many concerts, it's hard to remember. Um but Must be nice. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it is nice. Uh, but I, when I heard Decomposer, maybe I went back and listened to the other one. Okay. Um, maybe not. I don't know. I don't remember. It was a long time ago. But I remember it being very different from what I was used to in, in that like space. I mean, I I guess you can categorize them as a pop punk band, a punk band. They had like some of those like rustic like vibe or, and like the, the the record itself is so operatic, like it remind me of like a Rocky Horror Picture Show. Yeah, <laughs> no, absolutely. Is that like an interesting comparison?
0: I think that's a, that's a right comparison. We'll get into that a little bit more, but one more question before we like really dive into the record. When, do you remember the first time you uh, heard this record or did you hear like a single first? Or like you know when? Do you remember the first time you heard this record? No is an okay answer.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's definitely gonna be. That's definitely going to be the answer. You don't really remember. No, okay. I, but I remember. And well, I definitely heard the single first, "Paper Cut Skin," and I and I definitely was sort of obsessed with that song just because it was like it comes in so like like dun 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 dun. Like I was like, what the fuck? Yeah, I was like, I'm, I'm into that.
0: Did you hear this record before Yvonne Dahl, or did you hear Yvonne Dahl first? You don't remember, don't remember. you don't remember the chrono- chron- chron- chronology of this. That's okay, Ben. I'm not going to take you to task. But this record came out on September 11th, 11th international 2006. Wow. Good thing you remembered. Yeah. Uh, but it came out on September 12th in the US. Okay. The world got it a day before us. Pretty fucked up, I think. Yeah. But, um, how, yeah.
1: how to do domestically versus internationally? I
0: didn't actually poll how it did in terms of uh, set record sales or anything like that. No.
1: That's okay. I don't, I don't care if it, I,
0: it's interesting to know if it sold well, but I want to know what you think of it and I want to know what I think of it. That's what's most important to me. Okay. But on this record, this was their big departure, as Wikipedia and everything else says, you know, from their sort of alt rock pop punk style of Yvonne Dahl, uh, kill the locals. By the way, Do you know what that title means, Evan Dahl Killed the Locals? I do not. So their band name originally was The Locals. Mm -hmm. And uh, when they got bigger, they got into like a little copyright dispute. There was already an indie band called The Locals. Mm -hmm. And their front woman was called Yvonne Dahl. And she was like, you guys got to change your name. And so they made it Yvonne Dahl Killed the Locals. That's really funny. Um, a lot
1: of their uh, song titles are like weird, like metaphors. I guess. Yeah.
0: So, so let's get into like their aesthetic and all that, especially this sort of new aesthetic that they went into. Um, so you mentioned like operatic, uh, you know, and uh, uh, rustic. I, I guess that's a that's a way you can. Yeah, could put and it. then a
1: lot of the like, you know, there's like these fast punk parts, but like really. Like '80s B movie, right? Type. So
0: every every song, one of the one of the parts about this record that I like so much is every song is so incredibly unique, and it has to do with the fact that this record. Has. And,
1: and it, sorry, is this is like a? I, I wrote this down when I was listening. Is like, is this like a, a like a concept record? Like, I, no, I, uh,
0: I wouldn't call it a concept record, only because usually concept records have like one uh, sort of like concept or story that goes mm-hmm. throughout the whole thing, and this is almost the opposite of that, where there's not a lot of continuity going throughout the whole record, like. Whether it's sonically or uh, Mm story-wise, perhaps thematically there's a few, but like every track, there's, what was there, nine producers, right? A lot of big names on there that we'll get to, Um, but every song is, is its own sort of different thing. You don't know what's coming next. And I was reading some reviews on this, and a lot of people, some people didn't like it, some people did. I personally love it. I love that every song is so unique and distinct because I don't know what's going to hit me next. It keeps me interested in listening because even though it's all it's kind of distinct and it's not really there's not this through line of sound, um, I still dig all of the sounds of it. And it just it's like a, it, it's, it's, a, it's a keeps me thinking. I, it was it was like the thing I kept coming yeah, down yeah, to yeah. for it.
1: But this one, the next record was the uh, the bigger one for them, right?
0: A band of Hope, uh, I I guess it was bigger, but that uh, album was like, uh, sort of like the second part of this because they also brought back all the producers, a lot of the themes that they used um, for this, like lyrical themes that were explored, were further explored on Band and Hope, um, and a lot of the producers they brought back to it. So that was like almost like part two, or like this, this for this like duology of mm-hmm. like these records. Because I, I was, I was telling you before, I love that record. That's like when I want to listen to a matches record, I put that one on, right. and I don't put this one on as much, um, but it's it's a lot of the same sort of stuff with it
1: yeah why do, why don't why do you think they didn't really take off as a band because it's like so different from yeah. what people used to like I feel like if this if they put this record out today 2015 it, <clears throat> they'd be huge
0: okay so interesting very interesting question why they didn't like sort of like take off take off I think that this band so this record came out in 2006 has elements of like, if I, if I had to like say, if for fans of this, this, this mix, but this, it is first and foremost reminds me a lot of my chemical romance in terms of like the dramaticness of the, especially when they got into, um, uh, the black parade era, when they started like really exploring, like that was a concept record when they really explored using like horns and strings in that. I think that, um, what's the, what's the lead vocalist name again, Sean Harris, his vocals can sound like Very, very similar, especially when he gets his high register to Adam Lazara from Taking Back Sunday Uh uh, on one song in particular. And uh, I also think it's got a lot, because this has a lot of like sort of uh, dance and synth pop stuff into it, a lot of panic at the disco, even with the aesthetic, you know?
1: I mean, dude, I think like the Williamsburg hipster crowd would eat this band up if they came out right now.
0: I don't think the Williamsburg hipster crowd was, uh, I'm sure when they were younger, were into like uh, panic at the disco and stuff like that. But I think they're a little bit ashamed to say that they like stuff like that now. Yeah. Although those emo nights are getting big. Yeah. They're having like emo nights and stuff like that. What's up? They
1: had one the other night, right? I think so. Yeah. 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 Paul invited me to it. I've never been to one. I don't know why. Uh, I don't know if I would particularly enjoy it. I mean, I would enjoy, I enjoy the idea of it, but uh, I like like the idea of it too, but yeah, but I'm not going to a, uh, a, Is it like a dance party you think? Yeah, I mean it's it's essentially, you know, a, D, a DJ or well, I mean a guy on his laptop playing pop punk songs mm-hmm. and, and and you're in a like a crowd or like a mosh pit like singing along and I'm like that's not really interesting to me.
0: Yeah, I guess. I maybe in a smaller setting. I don't know. I should I should go to one before I really judge it,
1: but I don't know, big crowds Uh, I guess I could show you pictures of it later. Show me pictures of it. Okay. I think, and like videos of it. And I'll think you, you, you got the gist. Uh,
0: that's a good idea. Maybe I should check those out, but let's get into the producers. So. I'm sure you have a list of the producers on there. Cause I you, you brought notes, you I,
1: don't. I brought notes of like each song. Cause I, I, you know, I didn't really know the format of the podcast. That's okay. I just figured I'd listen to each song and write my feelings of each song.
0: We're gonna go, oh, that's great. Because we're gonna go track by track in a minute. But so this- Is has, that a yeah, segment? <laughs> yeah, track, track by, by track, track in a minute.
1: Uh, so it's only 60 seconds of the hour long whatever podcast.
0: No, the, this is the the segment that's 60 seconds before track by track. That's why it's track by track so, in a minute.
1: Uh, okay. So,
0: like, a minute like until com, track coming oh, track. up on
1: Punkorama. That's
0: right. Track by exactly. track. That's right. In a minute and we're we're going to we're about to come to the end of that segment. <laughs> but um nine producers on this record including John Feldman from Goldfinger. Very cool. Who very who cool. makes a, a surprise cameo in the new Good Charlotte music video. I guess that's cool. <laughs> yeah. Or is every cameo a surprise? I guess that's not true. Not every cameo is a surprise. Some cameos you're like expecting. Yeah. Uh, he do, he produces two songs. Mark Hoppus of Plus 44, of course, yeah, <laughs> and uh, Blink-182 uh, with three tracks. Um, of course, his first producing effort, I guess full length, was uh, a record we already covered, Commit This to Memory, um, by Motion City Soundtrack. Nick Hexham of 311, personal oh, favorite wow. of mine. Yeah. Did you not know that, that I he was a producer on no, this? Oh wow, that's
1: interesting. Oh,
0: you know what's going to be fun? Um, I don't know if you took, did you take notes on what, who produced what track? no (laughs) maybe we'll have you guess okay who produced what track uh so nick Hexum of 311 he produced one that's interesting Uh, tim armstrong of rancid and the transplants
1: produced one a lot of california guys but this is a california based band yeah oakland
0: oakland california and uh brett gerowitz of bad religion and epitaph of course he produced a track as well and this guy matt uh radosevich or matt rad as he's called in the production world. so Pretty cool <laughs> this, I mean, It is a cool name. He, I think this was his first record that he produced on, but he, like, he was the engineer on Louder Now by taking Mech Sunday the same year. Okay, that's cool. But you know who he's gone on to produce, Ben? I think you'll find this interesting. Katy Perry. Close. One Direction, Demi Lovato, Five Seconds of Summer, Lupe Fiasco, Walk the Moon, yeah, Ben's a personal favorite of that. I think Ben called that song being a big hit. 30 Seconds to Mars, The Hives, Boys to Men, mm.
1: and Dredge. Mm. Pretty pretty interesting mix, yeah. huh? A lot
0: of big names on there.
1: Yeah, yeah, that is interesting. <laughs> you don't sound that enthused. I mean, I will. I mean, John Feldman, he produces like Five Seconds of Summer and One Direction and stuff. I guess that's true. Isn't that weird how big Five Seconds of Summer is? I guess it's not weird. I, uh, I mean, I don't, I don't think they're very talented. Right, but I, I've, I've seen. I mean, they seem. But you to get re- their appeal. They seem to really like pop punk which is cool mm-hmm. that a big band like that likes uh that genre uh but you know i, I watched a video of them and, and, and good charlotte uh, uh, the madden twins have produced a lot of songs for and written a lot of songs for them and i saw a uh clip of them playing it at an arena uh and they were gonna cover uh boys like girls mm-hmm. and so uh, joel comes out to sing benji comes out on guitar it's boys
0: and, girls, ben. Whatever.
1: <laughs> uh, and And Benji, you can tell Benji is legitimately showing this kid how to play this song on the guitar (laughs) as they're playing the song. It's, like, really um, awkward looking. But, I mean, 12-year-old girls don't know the difference. They
0: don't know the difference. And also, I mean, those songs are easy enough to learn.
1: Yeah, and, like, you know, five Australian boys on stage, like, oh, my God, even I got wet.
0: And I thought, oh. There's this, there's a, there's an example of how wet Ben got little, little Foley work for you. But I mean, like with, with boys and girls, not to belabor that subject, but like, you know, if you think about that song, there's really only guitar in the chorus, yeah, you know? Um, but let's, let's get into the T by T breakdown of this. Uh, and this song, this album, this record, I should say, starts off with a super interesting track uh, called Salty Eyes, which there was a video for too. I do know if you, have, do you, do you ever see do you, play, do you play the videos on the podcast? We sure do. <laughs> this is a video podcast. Uh, but this is the opening track, Salty Eyes.
1: So this is one this one was produced by Matt Radd. Yeah, I mean I think that's a really cool opening to a record like a violin. Like who opens like a, a rock record with a violin that's like and, like, this is, this is what, like, really is, like, wow, this this is is, is this a story to this whole record, because it's, like, it's like this is, like, an overture yeah, to a... you're right. You know? You're absolutely
0: right. This does seem like it's, like, an overture or, like, a prologue or something. Right, yeah. yeah, like, like this is what you're about to hear, a tale of this or that. It definitely has that vibe. Right, and, and it's, and like... It's interesting.
1: And, like, uh, that... First part when he's singing, he, it, it feels like he's like a '50s vibe. Like, like, uh, like under, the, like I just picture uh, like Back to the Future uh, the under the sea dance. The enchantment under the sea dance. Yeah,
0: uh, it's got this very baroque pop style. It's got you know violins and yeah. this, uh these roads which are like uh it's like a keyboard. Uh, it's a waltz. One two three. Four, yeah, five, yeah, five, six, right, six, right. Yeah, maybe that's four, what made five, me think six, of the like '50s vibe because it's like kind of a waltz. And, uh, I think the I watched the music video for this on- on the YouTube, and it's kinda of rough, because this song never really, like, kicks into anything. Right. You know?
1: But it, but it's captivating, in its own way. That's a great word for it, this- this- this song is very captivating. Like, for- for, like, to start your record with, like, kind of a slower waltz, as you said, is risky, but it's also like, well, what the rest- what the fuck's the rest of the record gonna sound like? You're- you're
0: absolutely right, and maybe this was the- this was their, like, sort of, a moose bouche from like their last record to say, hey, this is going to be something completely yeah. different. And that was a really great, like, a really great way to put it. This truly is like an overture yeah. for this record. Um, I don't think story wise, but certainly like sonically, like, hey, this is what we're getting into um, type thing. So.
1: And it's also like, I mean, you know, this is all speculation, but it's like, hey, like the the art aspect of it, it's like, okay, you're gonna like my band, that's how I'm starting the record, you're gonna stick around and listen to the rest of it, mm-hmm. or you're just gonna turn it off and I, that's fine.
0: That's interesting. That's interesting. I guess it's a good way to put it. Uh, but I, I think the, yeah. Definitely with the change in their sound, but I mean, it's not like this sound is indicative of every other uh, track on the record, Uh, which we're gonna find out with Drive, the next track. Because this is the T by T in a second. That's
1: right. T
0: by T in a second. So this is a big left turn from that first track, but this certainly sounds like the intro to like, uh, Something off like a b-side off like a, a fever you can't sweat out. Yeah, not to say that they're a second-rate panic at the disco But it just has that like <laughs> that driving dance right. Panic. Yeah, sure What were your what were your feeling notes on this Ben?
1: <laughs> I mean, I like this chorus a lot because it's like This is like his like rock and roll story like we, we know about sex from drugs and alcohol mm-hmm. It's like I they get fucked up and then they're gonna fuck people sure like what little we know about love so is it also like is he saying like oh man like what's my life like do I love it do I have have any feelings or emotions because I'm doing all these drugs and fucking these people I don't know I mean it's
0: certainly it's certainly like a very like straightforward you know we're our, our knowledge of this is like in this either arrested development or uh, or like stunted growth because, you know, we only know what we're exposed to. But it's still coming from, I guess, like, you know, perspective-wise, this idea that there is more out there, you know, because he qualifies it with what little we know, you know, right. so either this is coming from the idea of like knowing that there's more out there, or, you know, a, a retrospective song where like, I know more now and this was me writing from that. Yeah, right? yeah.
1: That's, that's a good point too. Yeah. But I do, I do like that we uh, we know about sex from what we written on bathroom Rolls. What was it? Is that the line? Oh uh, my goodness, S- something like that. But it's like, oh man, does that mean he, like you saw like a phone number like call call genie for the best blowjobs? Or just like people
0: write people write like you know like put a pussy fucker on a wall, <laughs> yeah. you know, yeah. just to just to be vulgar. You don't see that too
1: often anymore. I wish there was more vulgarity at bathroom walls. I think we go to different places now. I think we go to more refined places. Sure. I mean, concert venues, I feel like you would see that more. Depending on the concert venue, I guess. That's true.
0: If you go to like shittier venues, not shittier, you know, just less polished, I should say. Yeah. Not shittier. Uh, Less polished venues, I think you'll probably see that more. But we're getting into track three, "Paper Cut Skin.
1: I, I was obsessed with this song. Like this, the way this starts is like woo.
0: Like this, like
1: like I don't know how to explain. Like dun, 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 Like the way he's singing, like a staccato. Staccato, yes. Yeah.
0: but I think all, this was the lead single off this record. Yeah,
1: it was. And it's like this. All sounds like it could. The, the verses are like an '80s movie. <laughs> <laughs> Listen to the next verse. Okay. Because the the chorus is like very poppy, I think.
0: And I mean the the theme of this song is you know very sort of it's 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 a common theme in terms of like punk and pop punk. It's like a little bit of an indictment on the everyday mundane conformist life, you know? Yeah, and it's very commercial appealing.
1: I wrote conformist in my notes. Hey. <laughs> So listen to it like this, so like, think of like an 80s button prompt <laughs> I love that line too, a MySpace, MySpace a Romancer, Romancer.
0: <laughs> Well that really dates the song yeah. um, But the vocals, for, at least for that, it, they're, they're very um Boingo Boingo actually, to me at least They sound yeah. very Boingo Boingo, which is
1: an 80s band So yeah, it was definitely a great choice for you know first single of the record you know commercial appealing it's poppy it's fun and like you know as a fan of like punk rock or pop or pop punk you listen to the song and be like oh yeah it's cool I'm gonna buy that record and then the record's totally different
0: yeah well and, did, well did you have that well did, did, but uh, you, I guess you said you don't really remember if you had heard like the single first oh this is the best part of the record uh, yeah to yes. me yes this part right here Especially the second part of this when it gets into like right, right, the full time of this because it's like half time right now. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And then right back into that. I love that.
0: Um, so... You you don't remember if you had heard like the single and then heard the rest of the record or not? I th- I honestly I think I,
1: I saw them live first and have, what, that's what made me want to get the record. So you or did our you record or listen to the music? I did you know? The, so you knew that they had this like it
0: wasn't like such a straightforward pop punk band that they had all these like new and different things. Yeah, I, I think
1: um, as, as a as a youth, that's how I found most of the bands I liked. I saw them open for other bands that I like and kind of went from there. I, I wasn't I wasn't. I wasn't the kind of kid at a record store, just buying records to figure out if I like it or not. Mm. I was at the shows sure. to figure it out.
0: But I mean, in terms of what you were saying before about how you might hear this as the least single and be like, oh, there's gonna be a lot more like this. And then you kind of like, not really the rug being pulled out onto you, but uh, from under you, but just uh, the, having the idea of like, no, this has a lot of different stuff. And right, like, right. Maybe, you, maybe you weren't, your expectations were different. You didn't really have that. No,
1: I didn't have that. And, and It'd be hard for me to um, really think about if I like a band or not based based on that because i i think you know your live show is is really how I judge if i'm gonna like a band or not
0: okay it's a that's a good way to put it uh it's definitely a good way to sort of find new bands um so let's get into this next track which i uh i sent a tweet to uh to the lead singer um to, uh, da, 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 da. So, do you want to explain to the My audience goodness. what a tweet is? A tweet, is, just a so tweet. So okay. They, just so they know. To Sean Harris, uh, a tweet is a, uh, it's a message sent over the social media networking platform Twitter, uh, limited to 140 characters. And uh, it's great. You can, uh, you can message people you don't really know and do all that stuff uh, and he's on there so I messaged him about this next track because uh, there's a few songs on here where you listen to the, you read the lyrics or you listen to the lyrics and you're like what the fuck is this about like there's a lot of like great like uh, turns of phrase and things like that but like it's a lot of it is just like what is what is the what
1: is going on here yeah that, that's actually in my notes or like wait, wait is this about a, like a, an ex-girlfriend wait is this about his mom <laughs> so this is clumsy heart Yeah, I didn't know if it was like a song about his anxiety of ending the toxic relationship. Oh, that's interesting. Uh, But the way it's like, um, the music is is like a very eloquent way of, of... Presenting that idea. Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: I mean, I like the song. It's you know, it's certainly you know, spoken a lot of like sentence fragments and things like that. Yeah. Uh, but like, I was because a lot of the time you'll just listen to a song, you'll be like, I dig the sound, or like, I like this line. Sure. But then when you really like look at it, like a fucking crime scene, like I've been doing with songs now, at least to this podcast, uh, I'm just like, Jesus Christ, like what is going on here? And I know not that, that's not the purpose of the song to be so yeah. like transparent every time, but uh, it's an it's interesting art, way to look at it. It is, it is art, man.
1: Yeah, I mean, he's saying, turn and trip on my clumsy heart. I always trip on my clumsy heart, so it's like, oh, and that's the hardest part, so. You're like, oh man, I'm gonna break up with you, but then my heart's like, ah, oh, but we can w- make it work. But then it's just toxic again. Mm-hmm. But then he said, I think there's a line about his mom in there, too. It's like, wait, is he talking about his mom?
0: Or maybe that's another I thing. love this part of the song with the bells. Yeah. Because this, this comes in at the end, too.
1: Yeah, and that's another thing about most of their songs, like, um... Musically, it's the instrumentation. Big, yeah, instrumentation. Like, she really changes from verse to chorus to bridge. It's like that's why the really like I uh, made the comparison of Rocky Horror Picture Like, hmm. I, like I feel like I'm listening to like a, a, a stage play. It is very theatrical. Yeah. It's
0: dramatic. Yeah. It's theatrical. There's a lot of that going on to it. Um, so we're gonna jump into the next
1: track, Little Maggots. Okay, I didn't have many notes for this, but I wrote this song reminds me of driving around as a teenager and just rocking out in my car. It's a punk rock, some of the happiest times of my life. <laughs> That's wonderful. That's a wonderful sentiment. The minute I heard this song, uh,
0: I was like, or at least it got to the hook. I was like, I think I knew like who produced this. Do you know? Okay, who do you think produced this?
1: I'm covering up my notes right now. <laughs> you're covering up your notes on your phone. <laughs> that's right. Uh, that's, yeah, I, I can definitely see that. Um,
0: right, John Feldman. That's right. John Feldman produces. I think this hook, the hook to the song, is like super Goldfinger. Yeah. Oh, totally. Just like especially this forward. right now. Oh, I didn't even think yeah. about this is the verse, but like yeah, yeah. I didn't even think about that, like the ska i type thing. Fuck, you're absolutely right. Um but like cuz as soon as that hook comes in it's like that straightforward like yeah. like balls to the wall like pop punk stuff that's yes, Jack Feldman's bag baby that's right man I also like that part too uh and I, I like the I really like the um the not the I guess the sentiment as well but I like the phrase uh may your organs fail before your dreams fail you. yeah so it was telling someone to go fuck off and die no hopefully you die before you realize that dreams don't come true or something like that okay Bef- like don't die like don't be alive you know being jaded by life and realizing right. that like oh dreams don't come true you know like what the hell's the point like getting nihilistic about it at least that's how I see it yeah. you know um, but I think that's it it's like stay hopeful and stay you know so Keep your head a, in the there's clouds a, there's with a message. Your feet on the ground. There is a message. Uh, and it's, it's, you no, know, you have a message. Oh, <laughs> you know, he wrote this line and he was like, probably trying, he he liked it because it's great. And um, he probably couldn't find any way to really like make it rhyme with anything. So that's why he just keeps repeating yeah. it in the chorus. Do
1: you, uh, in your notes or research, did you, Find who wrote most of the lyrics of the songs? Or oh, I didn't. It, like, I, I assume he did, but I could be absolutely wrong with that. Yeah. I should put in my due diligence for yeah. that. Also, like th- listening to this band and how they they make their music, it 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 makes me feel like they like probably party a lot. You think so? Or even the way they looked, like they they had like a really like their their vibe was like a real like party vibe. I don't know.
0: <laughs> they look like fun guys. Yeah, because uh, like
1: not a lot of bands anymore party as they tour, which is upsetting. I guess that's true. Well, there's like a not ugh. upsetting. I I made a in my day job is in the music industry. You know, yeah, that, that maybe that's why I was in your top five to to be on this podcast. But um, I've been dealing with a lot of bands recently that are are older and they've got, gotten sober and they are so much harder to work with. I just want them to go back to being alcoholics. So why are they harder her. to work with? Because they think about things too much. Oh. It's like just you gotta do it. <laughs>
0: It's not just like I wanna. I want a Magnum of Stoli and the
1: yeah. It's like, like on the ride. It's like, hey man, we're trying to monetize this thing, so you make more money. Don't overthink it. Just do it. I see. Go go buy a, go down a bottle of Jack Daniels. You feel better about yourself. <laughs> um, but uh, I'd be I'd be hard
0: pressed if I didn't mention like there's also a, a lot of like really shitty like uh you know older guys getting on, like with getting stuff on with underage girls, oh, stuff oh, that's yeah, been going like, on, on in the scene. scene. Oh, dude. But just like in the I, pop-up I, scene I'm again, am it, so disgusted it's, it's by that. It's fucking terrible. Yeah. And I, you know what? I'm fucking sure that like when when we were younger, that shit was going on too and maybe totally. now it's yeah. just coming
1: to light or yeah. people are speaking out about it, but it's I, fucked I, up. I, I am man. absolutely disgusted by that because, you it know, it's such a great scene to grow up with yeah. and, and be, either be a part of or uh, look on the outside and enjoy it and like, to hear that like those, some of those bands are taking advantage, advantage and yeah. I guess it's a lot easier now with, you know, all the different social media platforms yeah. to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, but man. Just to, to talk to, to
0: directly to people yeah. like with Twitter, you it's, know, and stuff yeah, like Sna- that.
1: And Snapchat and your, Snapchat. your tatties. Snapchat and your tats. Yeah.
0: Oh, you, you didn't mean tattoos. You meant boobs. Yeah. Or maybe boob tattoos. Yeah, boob tattoos. Boob tattoos. Boob tattoos. Uh, but yeah.
1: also not to, uh, I mean, obviously the the, the um, artists themselves, I, I'm disgusted with them that they're doing this, but, um, you know, the fan don't, don't have such an over expectation of what, you know, your favorite band is, you know, they're, you know, they're people, they're people, yeah, they're, and flawed. They're, they're flawed, they're flawed. And, um, and it's a, and, you know, for the most part, what you see on stage is a, a character they're playing for the band, uh, you yeah. know, I mean, it's a, just a, an extremely heightened version of themselves. That's a good point, um, you know, persona. yeah. So, you know, maybe it's better not not to break that barrier of, <laughs> of like wanting to be their friends or something. I don't know.
0: I, don't, I mean, it's of course, like someone does something you like and you want to like get to know them and be friends with them, especially if you're attracted to them. You know, you 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 want more. But I mean, the the onus of the uh, of the responsibility is absolutely on. The The musician. The musician uh, who is of age as opposed to uh, someone who is underage. Sure. Absolutely on them.
1: And listen, don't get me wrong. Like, tits are cool to see. But don't tweet someone, hey, let me see your tits. Like, you can find tits (laughs) on the internet pretty easily. So you Mm -hmm. don't have to tweet someone for it. Uh, That's another thing I know we're kind of getting off topic here. I I had so many friends in college that... It was so easy for them to get girls to text them pictures of their tits. Like I was like, I was never as lucky. I I couldn't that yeah, either. I didn't. I didn't. I'd be too scared to ask. I, I, I don't feel, even know how does it. How do you
0: present that? I couldn't there? do that now yeah. either. Uh, you just have to be forward with it. But I think okay and this will be my last my last thing about this, is that it, there there's a responsibility of the scene, whether it's like, you know, to, to, because here's the other thing, like a lot of these bands are young people themselves, even sure. though they're fucking 21 or 18, yeah, they're yeah. still young right. and they don't know any better. They're getting yeah. all this fame and all of this, uh, all of this stuff like thrown at them. Like, y- you know, like it's, it's still their responsibility, but it's also sure. the responsibility of the scene to teach and be like, listen, you, I, you're going to be tempted by this. I don't know how that happens, you know, just by mentors and stuff like that. So,
1: so uh, actually, yeah, I'm glad you brought that up. Mm. Uh, Kevin Lyman and the Warp Tour do a great job about that. They, they have <laughs> re- regular, um, Like uh, lectures or sessions with like older bands to younger bands and like that's kind of setting them up of like what this path may be Mm -hmm. Uh, and you know and again it is the that band's responsibility to to go out and seek out that kind of mentorship but yeah uh, yeah um, ultimately it's them but that's good
0: that that at least the scene is doing something yeah so getting to doing something else we're gonna go to track
1: six what Katie said Uh, one of my favorite tracks on the record This also had a music video.
0: Dancing TV head woman. Yeah, the chorus is super catchy. I love the bridge of this song. Yeah, we'll get to that. But who do you think produced this? Uh, I don't I
1: don't know. Mark Office. Yeah, okay. you're right, man. Two for two. Like this, this hook is like, so fun. And like, uh, so the song, is it, so is Katie like some bitch uh, that isn't good enough for this chick that he's hooking up Like, is Katie like, is Katie like being a, like a, a friend of whoever he's hooking up with that says like he's a dick and like he's holding that to heart or something? Like, I can't forget what Katie said. Like, Katie said, like, oh, he's an asshole, don't hook up with him. I think Katie might be the girl.
0: It mixes, uh, it mixes, uh, like, who the subject of the song is, but, yeah. Oh, maybe
1: not. Yeah, because you got standards girl, what the hell are you doing to me? I mean, it could still be Katie, could be actual girl. And is Katie real? Did did Katie listen to be like, what the fuck, man, you just called me out? Either that
0: or he based it on like a movie or something like that. Yeah. Um, that's interesting. Let's get him on the podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Or call or call call this part. I love this song. Yeah. You're absolutely right, Ben. Sean Harris, if you're listening, give us a call right now. One one-nine hundred rock, one-nine hundred roll. Uh, a long phone number Yeah, it's very long. It's international yeah. <laughs> um, But yeah, this song is fucking awesome uh, Any more thoughts on on feelings about this band? No, it was, fun. It was a fun fun song fun song Check this out the video is, on YouTube some of the
1: other uh, Songs on the record aren't as fun or like because okay, so right. they're not meant to be so mm-hmm. it's like you know It's fun to, to hear it. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like smack in the middle of the record. Yep. Um, yeah, so yeah, it's a good way to break it up a bit
0: so we're gonna get to the next track. Weird. Sunburn versus the rhinovirus. Weird song. <laughs> yeah, this is another what the fuck song.
1: This, I did. I, was, go ahead. But this oh. is a, this is another one that I thought like, oh man, I feel like I would hear this song in like a B-level like '80s violent movie, like a Robocop or something, or a Toxic Adventure. <laughs> Like, what, what part? What scene? Paint a picture for me. And the listeners. I don't know, like maybe when they're like driving in the car in between violent outbursts. <laughs> like maybe the, this is the part when they're like shooting someone in the face. Perhaps.
0: Yeah, I could see that. I could see that being in there. Uh, who do you think produced this one?
1: Decompose. Decomposer. Um titular. I don't I don't know this. I, I forgot the list he said. We've got uh
0: I'll give you the list again. We've got John Feldman, Goldfinger, Mark Hoppus Nick Hexum of 311, Tim Armstrong of Rancid, Brett of Bad Religion. Either, either
1: uh Tim Armstrong or the guy from Bad Religion. No, this was Hoppus. Oh yeah. Yeah, interesting.
0: Um I don't have any more notes on this, do you? No. Pretty good song. Yeah, it's not, not my favorite, but I am terribly interested to know what it's about and what the title is in reference to.
1: I, I actually, I did write, uh, I said I'd, I have to give them uh, credit to the ability of writing songs using such random words to con- convey their message. Right? Yeah. They, in most of their songs, they're, they're using the most random Structure of words to like convey what the song is. I don't like even if it...
0: <coughs> lyrically or in their title. Yeah, lyrically. Oh. Well I think I, I think there's a lot of clever lyrics in here. And that's one of the things I, I like so much about it. Like there's um Oh, uh what is it? What is it? Ooh. Uh... I think it's actually in Drive, there's this one line that I really love, um, oh oh, here we go. Fingertips slip and trip over hems and zips, I fucking love that, as opposed
1: to just saying like I'm sliding my hand over your pants or your clothes or something, I really like that. And that's a a huge talent in itself, I mean, writing a song's hard, but now writing a song with such like, floral, yeah, yeah, um, let's get into the next track,
0: Great title <laughs> lazier than furniture uh this song then is produced by someone named divine genius i <laughs> think that's what wikipedia says i like this is like like a pretty punky song this is a good like um Third song in the set type thing, and the crowd's getting like crazy. Yeah, right before you It's, slow it's it intriguing.
1: Down. It's like a, it's got like a weird like evil
0: carnival vibe. <laughs> I think that little guitar in the pre-chorus is very like sort of like rock and roll, rockabilly thing. Yeah, yeah. So like, it's like, like, like oh, a man. surf rock. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Am I? Oh yeah, yeah. It's cool. But it's also like oh Fair oh man, am I am I like at a carnival tripping out, and this is like the scene where I'm like running in
0: circles. <laughs> You do that a lot, huh? You try to put songs music to like movie scenes? Oh, totally. Like well, I've I've
1: I've been pretty vocal about it in the past of saying uh, my dream job would to, to score a, a teen movie. Well, it wouldn't be to score because then you'd have to make the music. Oh, i well, yeah, whatever. Music su- to put supervisor, the music supervisor. Yeah, huh? yeah, yeah. Oh, Yvonne Dahl
0: mentions. Yeah, a good a good hard song. Now I, I have to, I have to get to this song, because... When you talk about an 80s song, yeah, I mean like, this is like a fuck, this is like, this reminds me of Any Way You Want It by Journey, or just like...
1: Yeah, I mean, it's very more tra- traditional pop, I, I wrote down. Yes. And I said it's a, a favorite on the record.
0: Okay, I'm gonna ask you this now, I was gonna wait till the end, but what do you think is the best song on the record and then what is your favorite song on the record?
1: The best versus my favorite.
0: Yeah, so what do you think is like the best, you, you get the difference? Yeah, I mean, that's kind of a hard question to ask when you're listening to a good song on the record. I guess so, but I'm-, I'm only doing that because this is my favorite song on the record. I don't think this is the best song. I think the best song is Paper Cut Skin, but this is my favorite song on the record. I- I think- it's so much fun.
1: I think What Katie Said is my favorite song on the record Okay And, um, I think you're right, Paper-Cut Skin It was, it was either
0: Paper-Cut Skin or Salty Eyes yeah. But like, this song yeah. is so much fun Listen to that
1: right. little I, I wrote that it's, this This is a really fun song well, This is, this, it's really fun for a depressing song <laughs>
0: Yeah, that's a good way to put it
1: but like this is like the montage song, dude,
0: if you're yeah, like thinking. oh totally. This totally. is absolutely the montage like when when like you're cleaning up the place for the summer, you know? <laughs> uh singing into broom handles. I've sung into so many broom handles. <laughs> That's why they call you a broom handle gym. <laughs> yeah. Uh Who produced this track?
1: Feldman? No. Hexum.
0: Really? Nick Hexum of I, was gonna, I was gonna
1: say uh, one of the last two would be a hexam Nah, dude That's this funny. is Nick hexam I think this is this is such a fun song this is absolutely my maybe, favorite song maybe when I go uh, to 311 day this year I'll tell them to listen to this episode of the podcast as we
0: talked about. if you can if you can get him to do that it'd be great it's time to come on Nick love to have you we'll, yeah, go, to your, we'll go to your call your we'll go to your <laughs> islands. He, is an he owns an island, Yeah, he probably has a shit ton of money. Uh, I think he's, I think he's doing pretty well. But also, got a 311 tattoo. Not, not a. a your first, first tattoo? tattoo? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got it, got it in Jay Farrar's basement. <laughs> uh, from, from uh, punk rock Dan. But yeah, good stuff. That's a fun part. Like way yeah. back, of Los Angeles. This whole song is so much fun. Uh, and I hate to leave it, but now we have to get to you don't know me don't being in parentheses. Yeah,
1: and then, like to follow up um, oh, sorry. from the, that song, yeah. I, I was like, this song goes right back into the rest of the sort of vibe of the record of this like, kind of weird avant-garde. This rock, yeah. Okay, so not one of my favorite songs on the record I wrote. The minute I heard this song, I
0: was like, I know exactly who the fuck produced this. Like, I think even before I knew that Tim Armstrong was the producer on this, because this, is a transplant song. This sounds like a fucking transplant yeah, song. Yeah. Absolutely. Like the, the drums are like very like
1: Travis Barker on the transplants. Yeah. And uh, even the guitar it's like so, that would have been an interesting way to listen to the record and try to figure out who produced which song. I think I, I don't think I would have enjoyed the note-taking process as much. It would have, it would have, sure. it would have uh, made me think too much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like the the guitar is like absolutely just like the riffs that
0: Tim Armstrong does with the transplants. Uh, even the a lot of the vocals when he's singing down low is like just yeah.
1: like sort of like rock and roll style. What do you think about uh, having so many producers on one record? Do you think it helps or is it or or just like really? like changes the dichotomy of the entire record like each song is its own like thing okay so a lot of people as I said a lot of producers a lot of rev- people who reviewed this had
0: some people had trouble with that because it's not this like cohesive thing some people said it was like a mixed bag of stuff I think so long as everything's interesting then I think it's fine yeah, you know and I really like this because here's here's what I wrote I actually wrote uh, a note about that is that like, this whole record, because it's, it's, it's like a completely idiosyncratic record, uh, it's really versatile, every track sounds different, um, and a lot of people say that the, this can be like a chaotic mixed bag rather than a piece of um, peace. I would say that sometimes when you have a record where, like, everything is just like, like, this is, this is record, you know, um, song, good songs can suffer from being, like, almost Lesser versions of a better song on that record. I will bring up the band Hit the Lights right now, okay? Because I know you're 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 very familiar with them. A lot of the songs, I think all of their songs are really good. I'm a big fan of that band. But you know, with it with the I guess right before, until it gets to like um, Coast to Coast or Invicta, like you know, it's a lot of pretty straightforward pop punk, right? Yeah. I think a lot of songs like kind of suffer. From, or, or at least on the record of like, not standing out even though they're really good songs because like, there's another song on that record that's kind of similar to it because like, sonically they're all pretty similar, but it's, it's a great song and then you have a good song and it's
1: like, oh, there, here's this great song, why would I listen to this good song? I, Do you get what I'm saying? I, yeah, totally. I, I like the idea of having a lot of different opinions yeah. for a record. Uh, I, would, I would imagine working with so many different producers song song would be challenging for an artist sure um, what I would do I mean if, if you had the time and money and if I was in a band mm-hmm. uh, I would I would have one producer for the record uh, we share that as an artist we share similar uh, you know likes and interests mm-hmm. and then I would record the record and then have another producer with somewhat of a different perspective listen to it and give notes on where to do pickups and stuff. On the same songs? Yeah. That gets
0: rough because or at least to me that seems like it would get rough because you would get into like a too many cooks situation where like you have lot of different opinions on like on one song that's why like one person will produce one song because yeah. then you have like one set of notes and it's not it doesn't become this like weird diluted thing but that could still be interesting too sure. so i don't so you said if you had a lot of money or, or if they had a lot of money so something i read which i wasn't sure of the the veracity of this because i couldn't find anything else on it so they self-produced their first record Um uh, Yvonne Dahl. And then uh, Epitaph picked it up and then they made another version of it, released it a year later. Now, a review I had read on Punk News said that their status on Epitaph was like, wasn't sure. And so they self-financed this record and they got all these producers to come on by convincing them and saying, listen, we don't have the money but we'll give you points on the record to come on and do this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I don't know. So then you should have found out how much money it made. I should have found out how much money, but I don't know if that's true either because I could only find this one thing on Punk News, um, and uh, I wasn't sure about it. But yeah, if they sell finance this record, shit, they did a they did a fucking great job with it. Lots of simple on the record. Okay, so let's let's get through this. So that was you don't know, you don't know me, um, and now we have only a few tracks left. Uh, my soft and deep.
1: I wrote this, uh, this also was not one of my favorite uh, songs on the album okay. um, But also, you know, as we're getting closer to the end of the album It's always kind of tougher to keep an audience engaged If you're like listening to an album straight through Like around song 11, 12, 13, 14 I think you start not using the best songs of that you recorded for the record I think about your your best stuff is probably tracks 1 through 7 I mean, for the, the most part. Hopefully, yeah. that's not the case.
0: But I, 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 know what you're saying. A lot of bands do do that. Um, this one was, this song was produced by Gregor, Ger- Brett Greg Okay. Uh, it's got like a little bit of a more uh, uh, broodier, minor tone to yeah, it. Yeah, I, I said I was like, is this the ballad of the record? I think Barber's unhappiness would be like. Yeah, a oh, yeah right.
1: I, I just wrote that before I got to that. Oh,
0: Okay. Right. <laughs> Um, so let's let's get to the next track. Let's get to "Shoot Me in the Smile," which I love the title. Yeah, the title's great.
1: Another like fun sort of song. Yeah, I did this. Also, I mean, you mentioned that kind of like uh, you know, surfing USA vibe mm-hmm. uh, in that other song. I wrote that. This chorus also has like is a very surfery vibe, like sublime but dark rock. Interesting. Is where we get to the chorus, sure. so I'll point it out. Yeah. yeah, it's a little bit of I a subliminal, sort of like so Uh and also like as I mentioned, the album so operatic, and this is this song feels like their last chance to win over the audience in the opera because it's coming to an end.
0: It's an interesting way to put it. This song just keeps evolving and moving into different parts. Yeah. There's not a lot of parts that like really repeat, and I dig that. Um, but let's finish up with the barber's unhappiness, produced by Mark Hoppus. Oh yeah, this song's yeah. too long, <laughs> too long for you. I mean, a last track,
1: I'll do that. Yeah, you know, it'll yeah. drag out. Um, what, do, what do you what do you think about this song? Just it's too I, long. Is yeah, I, I, yeah, it was too long. Not very interesting for me. Okay. I'm not really a big ballad guy. big ballad guy. All right. Um, well, let's rack,
0: wrap up this record then. So when was the last time before you knew you were going to do this that you
1: listened to this record? Do you remember? Um, I you know, I don't really listen to records in full that much anymore. I usually do a shuffle guy? Or? I'm a total shuffle guy. Okay. I love Some Big shuffle guy? Yeah. Do you
0: shuffle your whole
1: collection or you whole have cole- like playlists no, whole that you okay. It's more fun that way just to, you know, it's like... I feel like I have a lot of good music that I enjoy And so To like Have like a Matches song pop up And then the next song A Saves the Day song And the next song Like I don't know Like a, a Drake song Sure uh, Early Drake only <laughs> um,
0: So Now that the record's over uh, Did you Do you think your mind changed With what your bet? What do you think the best song And what your favorite song is on it? Uh, No it's okay
1: I don't know I mean yeah Dee Dee's a great song I think Lazier Than Furniture Is a really good song mm. I do enjoy What Katie said Probably the most And then like You know, you know Salty Eyes is, it Might be the best song On the record Yeah That's a good question So getting back To
0: what you were saying About You know Record This record Having such a like distinct sound for every track like something that i wrote down about like a a regular record or a more a more traditional record i should say is like even if it's very good you know like it's it's salty potato chip after salty potato chip for me it's like i know what the taste is i like the taste and i want more and more 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 but this song like this record like it like it is a stimulating record to me intellectually like it's it makes me think absolutely it like it triggers different pieces of my brain like I can feel like you know stuff going on up there like in terms of the the music of it in terms of the lyrics Mm -hmm. you know it really is I I, I guess that's thinker it's I don't know I don't know how I. yeah
1: I wrote this note down as I was listening to the record but I don't I don't think it's true anymore and I'm kind of curious of why I wrote this I said One could argue that this album was a suicide note. (laughs) Whoa! Yeah, I don't know why I wrote that down. That's weird. Yeah.
0: I don't know why you wrote that down either. I mean, I know that there's some, like, kind of macabre-like stuff going on in the songs, but I don't know if it's a suicide note. Sean Harris, call in, let us know. Yeah,
1: 1-900-rock. 1-900-roll.
0: I think he's still doing all right out there. Uh, Still waiting for that tweet back, but that's okay. Uh, come on the podcast Sean Great record Ben. Yeah, it was fun. I think this yes, was a really great great record to to like come on and do yeah, this is so this it's, was such I a mean, maybe a little one. different than some of the other ones you've done. Yeah, in the past and yeah It's absolutely different and I hope you'll have me back. I will have you back I'm gonna have you back to do another one that you want But I need to start you know what the other thing I need to start doing is because not everyone's gonna pick every epitaph record I'm gonna start needing to bring people on and say you got to listen to this record that you've probably never heard before and tell me what you think about it. Yeah, I'd like I would like that also. Uh, we'll definitely do that. Uh, all right guys. This wraps up our our episode of Decomposer. By the matches, I think we both give this a Full-hearted thumbs up great job guys two thumbs, uh, two thumbs up uh, Glad they're back together. They're back together right and they're doing stuff as of this recording well, date, I mean, they, 2015. Did, they did the 10-year uh, anniversary of band and hope and then it came out with like a two-song EP Yeah, or yeah. something like that which I haven't heard yet, yeah, but neither have I. glad you guys are back together do more stuff Um I've been- oh man, you know what? I had a sign- I used to- I used to sign off with telling people to go fuck yourself, but I feel like that's not a great thing to do anymore. Actually, this is a really good, uh, sign off song. This is a good sign off song. I- have been thinking of a sign off, and I thought of one the other day, and I just fucking forgot it. Uh, so, I'm just gonna say, uh, guys... Keep hope alive. Up the punks, and uh, we will see you next time because Paul is calling us for our next recording session. Uh, Thanks for listening, guys. See you later.
1: Hello, I'm Ben. As always, I'm Paul. And we're from Juicy Reviews. We have a podcast where we like to talk and review movies, maybe bring on a wacky character from that movie, and always play some games. We like some games. I actually brought a clip, Paul. Wait, you brought a clip? I brought a clip. Can I listen? Yeah. I look mad young, right? Yeah, yeah. you look young in the movie, and uh, I hooked up with a bunch of the young chicks at the movie. Oh, you know what? You know it's not illegal if you're a police officer. And, and, I believe that. And yeah. this is something I wanted to bring up since you're here. Sure. Tell us about all the hookups on set. Oh my God, who's huh? hooking up with
0: who? Yeah. yeah. So, all right. So, like, there's like these like Asian girls in the movie,
1: right? They put I, the twins. I right? triple kissed them. Okay, um, a little triple kiss. Triple is that way, you kissed. didn't get confused if it was Rachel or Rebecca.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. I was like, or oh, whatever, and I triple kissed them. Was and was that
1: offset or on camera, or and they got cut out, maybe, or?
0: Oh, uh, I didn't do it on camera for sure. Okay. I would never, because i you know, what I mean, that's I could get in a lot of trouble for that. that I don't, I don't know how old they are. I can never tell with them. But uh, who else? Let me see, Cecily, the girl. Yeah. I chalked. I, I chalked chaw- her. You chalked <laughs> her? What? I chalked what what chaw- her. What is chalking? That's when you kind of forcibly kiss someone.